I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Why? Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing better today than I was last week, than I was a week before that. That's good. Improvement's good. That's right. So, um, 3366, 99, and a third percent better. Okay, then. Something like that. Working that math. Terrible math. Terrible math. Terrible math Terrible and a math. crazy country we live in. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. But we have a House of Representatives elected leader after 15 rounds of voting. 15 rounds, and apparently he gave in to a lot of folks on the right in the middle. So he gave them a lot of concessions of things that he's supposed to do for them once they get rolling. So do you think I, I, do you think they all just do that? Like as long as their concessions are lined up, they're they're okay with voting because maybe they weren't getting enough in the past. So they're saying, "Hey, I'm going to hold out until you agree." I believe so, and I think this is always just a dog and pony show. These guys have this all in line. They know full well what they're doing, and they knew they'd eventually get to it. And 15 votes or five votes it still ends up being the same person, even though a lot of guys got up there on the house floor and threw a, a bunch of mud in other people's faces. Yeah, apparently we almost went to blows. We should. A representative uh, attempted to go after, to a degree, Matt Gates. Be just like some of the other countries. That's just, let's go toe-to-toe. Let's do Par this mono e mono or mono e womano. But apparently back in the day of the United States, like, I want to say it was in the 1800s, a representative from South Carolina beat another representative with a cane and almost beat them to death and broke their cane in the process. And when they got back home to South Carolina, the constituency actually bought him another cane and basically said, Good job for doing that. And do you think buy, that and don't buy a cheap cane next don't time? Buy a cheap cane. Do you think that we should do that? Yeah, violence isn't condoned any longer like it used to be. You know, sometimes a good old fashioned whooping was the way to handle things, and not uh, money and doing things uh, behind closed doors. Okay, so if my argument is terrible, but I can beat you up, I win. You win. Case closed. I don't think that's the way to go. It's not. But a duel. Yes. Also not the way to go. No. <laughs> you almost had me. Sorry. Yeah, we've just been um, going with a lot of um, interesting little things that have been popping up. I feel like the 15 votes to to see Kevin McCarthy become our, our House elected leader just kind of overtook the news cycle. But there was still a lot going on this past week that should not be overlooked. There was, but you know what? If that was Nancy Pelosi and 15 votes, it would have got zero news time. And just would have happened. And it just would have happened. Now, let's see if McCarthy is going to honor one of his promises 
Which is? To knock out the 84,000 or whatever that number was of IRS agents. No, oh, the, the new IRS agents. Yes, he said he was going to defund the IRS. Excuse me, it was 87,000 new IRS agents. Oh, you were off by a little 3,000. Well, they've busted the bill down. They're going to take that $70 billion out, which was for the additional agents. They are going to keep money in for them because the um, word on the street is their IT department stinks within the IRS and their customer service stinks. It's terrible. So just coming at it from an immigration perspective or former immigration as a former um, immigration officers, sometimes we would have issues with individuals who failed to pay their taxes or failed to file their taxes. Now, in order to become a United States citizen, one of the questions that's on the form is, I'm not going to give it word for word, but do you pay your taxes? Do you have any arrearages? Do you always pay your taxes? That type of thing. And some people would say, no. And they would have a variety of reasons why. Some, I didn't earn any money. I, you know, I lived off of my my kids. I'm retired. And my kids sponsored me to come here and I watched their kids. So I do not file taxes. Makes sense. We can move on. But some people will say, I failed to file. Now I have a penalty. And we would ask for proof that they, in fact, made made a payment arrangement with the IRS and are paying said payment arrangement with the IRS because you're supposed to be in good standing. But in order for them to get documents sometimes from the IRS, it would delay their case for a very long time. They either couldn't get through on the 1-800 number, couldn't get information online, just as you noted, IT problems, terrible customer service, etc. So the IRS will take your check really quick, but to get anything on the other side is almost non-existent for some people. Well, since they do what they do, do they have to have good customer service? So that's the thing about the government is you can have really good customer service or really terrible customer service, and there's no competition. So does it... You can feel better if you give good customer service. So if you're a person who wants to feel good about what you're doing, you might give good customer service as a government employee. Uh, but technically and theoretically, the government has no competition. Therefore, they can do whatever they want. Well, it seems to be IRS agents, DMV officers. Sometimes people at the post office aren't the kindest. And maybe they just deal with one knucklehead after the other. So they develop a thick skin and they just say, you know what? I'm getting a pension here. You don't get your mail. You don't get your mail. I'm not worried about you. You're going to give me money for your stamps and then you're just going to go away. So go away. So going with the IRS, though, did you know? I knew. That they decided to audit the tax returns that they had that were submitted that they do that did you know they audit really so apparently there were about 164 million individual income tax returns and the irs audited 626,204 returns and that's technically less than what they audited in fiscal year 2021 so they they do these audits 
And who do you think they decided to audit? All Republicans. No. Oh. But I'm sure that that comprised some of the audits. Bad guess. Okay, what class of taxpayer do you think that they went after the most? Middle class. So they were five and a half times more likely to audit low-income earners. If you took the earned income tax credit, low-income tax credit, you were five and a half times more likely to get audited by the IRS. That's 2022 filings. It's for FY, you know, for 2021, but you file your taxes in 2022. Right. So you were five and a half times more likely to get audited if you took the low-wage earned income tax credit. Explanation. Why? One would be likelihood of fraud, lying about your income, but shouldn't they already know your income? Considering they get a copy of your W-2 or your 1099, whichever number 1099, R-M-X-L-V-P. 1099 miscellaneous. Yes. or Yeah. They would know. They know what your income is. Yeah, so they decided to audit low income. So all of the rich don't pay their fair share. They still didn't go after the rich in high numbers. They went after low income filers. Why should they when they probably go after whom the directors are telling them to audit? It's probably not a random pool. Because I would think that they would take all of the taxpayers, not divide it by class, just pull a percentage of sheer numbers. And if you want to audit 30% of America, then you do 10% low income, 10% middle income, and 10% high wage earners. Then the ultra rich, you audit all of them just to make sure that their tax accountants are not cheating. And that goes for everybody. That goes for the Bidens. That goes for the Obamas. That goes for the Clintons. That goes for the Microsoft owners, the IKEA owner. All of them should get audited. 100%. I know. I remember when Rush Limbaugh was alive, he told a story once online that uh, when he moved from New York to Florida, that he got audited monthly basically because he paid quarterly taxes and they wanted to make sure when he was in New York for his show that he was paying. This is kind of runs along the lines of what we talked about last week about ball players and stuff working and playing in different States and having to pay taxes based on that state. And he would get audited for whether he was paying taxes in New York or if he flew out to Hawaii and did a show, if he was paying Hawaii taxes and I mean anything they can do to, turn you upside down and shake you loose of a little bit of change is what their ultimate goal is. Because if you look at the sum total of the parts, in my humble, simple thinking opinion, they seem to have an addiction to spending other people's money. Well, they can, I would say they just print more, but they also want to take. They both do taking and printing. And it's never enough. No matter how much they take, it's not enough. How much they print, it's not enough. They need more. They want more. Nobody has to have a balanced budget. We're $31 trillion in debt and growing. 
And what's funny is we were told that everything that everyone's done is going to balance us out, but somehow we remain unbalanced and growing in debt. Well, it leaves me scratching my head because some states and some counties, municipalities are giving people wages, just giving them free money. Right. And if, for instance, California, apparently now that Newsom has been reelected, we're in a, a deficit. We don't have enough money, not enough money coming in. We w- had four years of surplus, and now all of a sudden we're facing a deficit. But where is the money coming from that they give away, that they've been giving away? And one of the things they want to do here in California is they have a reparations task force that he started, that Newsom started, and their first publication said that they should give $200,000 apiece to the descendants of slaves, even though California entered the Union uh, slave-free. There was never any slavery in California. So that reparations task force said... In an initial recommendation that the state should give $200,000, my apology, not to slave descendants, but to each black resident. So, and that was just across the board, each black resident. Well, now they've come up with a new recommendation, and it's that black Californians should each receive $1 million, and those who are homeless should be in line First. I wonder how they came up with this great plan. See, I don't have an issue with reparations of and in itself because what happened to those folks was terrible. There's no doubt in my mind. It was despicable. I'm glad it ended. But who do you... How do you pick and choose? It's like the the saying all the time is, why is the government picking winners and losers? How do you pick the dollar amount and who you're going to give it to? Or you just hand, like I said, they have an addiction to spending other people's money, handing out other people's money to people who rightfully were not involved and probably are not descendants of the slave trade. We have a larger sex trafficking trade right now that we should be focusing on and other things and we're focused in all the wrong areas i mean it's a great touchy feely thing but who gets to decide and then for the point of all black residents if it's all so if somebody who is from africa immigrates to the united states a year ago, or immigrated to the United States a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, and arguably wasn't impacted by slavery, redlining, etc. Because that's another part of the argument is after slavery there was redlining and putting people into certain areas of town or not loaning money, etc. So if they were not the victims of slavery and they were not the victims of redlining, should they be included? No. And additionally, if you're from somewhere else in the United States and you moved to California very recently, were you impacted, you could say they were impacted by slavery and potentially the descendants of slaves, et cetera, should they be even 
even though they're new California residents, should they be higher on the priority list compared to residents who maybe weren't no. the descendants? So how do you decide? And then is this going to be like Hawaii where you have to prove your percentage? So, for instance, the president, former president of the United States, Barack Obama, he is the child of someone who was born, I believe, in Africa and then immigrated or was here on a, a visa. And then his mother is Caucasian American. And so he would be, you know, 50 percent african-american and 50 percent caucasian i know he doesn't live in california but if he lived in california is 50 percent enough is 50 percent and that half is someone who was never a citizen here uh, as far as when barack obama was born was not a citizen here and then was from africa so not a descendant of slaves, as far as we can tell, unless someone in his history was in the United States and then went back to Africa and then he happened to be born. So all of this convoluted mess to say, what if that situation? Well, I think it's time to figure something out. Look at the descendancy, because if we have DNA now and 23andMe and all this other stuff where you can trace heritage and lineage, they can figure out who are descendants of the slave trade and they should be given reparations and then we should sign off on this, put it in a lockbox and move on forever. Okay. The last thing I will touch on is the money. So the 2022-2023 budget in California, the governor's budget spending was um, 286.4 billion dollars that was his proposed budget for 2022-2023 to give a million dollars to each black resident of california would cost two trillion two hundred and fifty one billion dollars kind of can't afford that can't afford it and we're in a deficit year so we can't afford to fund schools we can't afford to fund anything for the next 10 years in order to meet the million dollars per person per year. Well, We'd have you, zero budget. But a lot of that money in their budget goes for frivolous things. And if they would really rein it in and get control of that money and quit being so addicted to spending like the hundreds and hundreds of millions on homeless, our budget wouldn't have to be 200 and some billion. It could probably be 50 billion and we would still run just fine so it's just like the electric cars i just had a thought and i'm not comparing electric vehicles to slavery what i'm comparing is electric vehicles to california's budget california's dreaming their green works all that and they want to go totally um, without fossil fuels by i think it's 2036 ish 2035, we're supposed to switch to all electric vehicles, and I think by 2050, they wanted to be zero. Well, the problem with that is, if you just took California, you would have to up the mining of lithium and gold and all the materials that are part of this process about 40-fold, I think it is. It's somewhere between... 
14 and 40 fold. And there's just, you can't do it. What they want as our replacement is unsustainable. Correct. And right now, the processes they're using to mine this material, they're doing it with what? Fossil fuels. Yes. So we're using fossil fuels to mine the material and kind of destroy the earth a little bit. So we can take too much material from the earth, really. I mean, we're we're taking too much out of the land to then turn around and say we feel good about ourselves. We've right, gone green. and that's what it is. It's a go green, touchy-feely thing. Like I heard an expert talk about yesterday is we'll take Germany, for example, and them trying to go solar and wind energy. Well, do you realize there's really no sun over there? No sun in Germany. So take your your green and your solar and come up with an alternate plan there and use your resources somewhere else. Same thing with, say, the eastern seaboard here in the U.S., Massachusetts-ish, Connecticut. Can't go solar back there. There's not enough sun. doesn't get bright enough. The carbon payback would take way too long for you to realize a benefit. So you put, what, all the solar you can in Arizona, Nevada, places where you can actually get your money back in a year or two. So maybe if these PhDs would look at themselves in the mirror and realize they're not the smartest people in the room and all get together collectively, they could probably come up with some really good legitimate solutions that take into account all things, fossil fuels, electric, wind, hydro, and all of the new stuff that's going to be coming out here in the future. And they're saying there's been a new nuclear fusion breakthrough. And so that also may be the way we need to go. We seem to shy away from that, but it it appears to be slightly greener than some of our other plans. The new stuff is much greener. Yes. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but Joe Biden and Jill Biden have a grandchild they don't really talk about. Yes, we talked about that about two, three weeks ago for Christmas. Yes, we did. So the mother of that grandchild has asked a court to get more information on who is buying Hunter Biden's artwork. And the reason she is asking for more information is because Hunter Biden is attempting to say he doesn't make as much money as he used to. So therefore, his uh, child support obligation should be reduced. And this gal is indicating that she would like to know who's buying his artwork and for how much because he, she believes that there's more money there than he's claiming. So there is an outstanding request that he turn over that information. And also she is attempting to change her child's last name to Biden. And she believes that there would be more, that it would hold her child in higher regard and more name recognition, etc. And maybe the grandparents would actually um, acknowledge that they have a grandchild. Well, that's pretty cheesy that the Bidens actually, I guess you could kind of call it classless. It is classless. Yeah. 
you definitely should recognize that child and you should uh, stop being what you really are. Open your eyes up, especially for a grandpa, Mr. Joe Biden, who made $17.3 million the four years he was out of office. But somehow he made no money before and is making no money after. I mean, except for his salary from the presidency. Well, and his net worth is only estimated at $8 million. So I don't know what his salary was for 35 years as a senator. Well, it was in this, well, I don't know what it was in like 70s, 80s, but six figures when he was getting out. And as a VP for two terms. Oh, what's the VP? 250000 Kamala Harris is currently making 235000 so oh, it was use, less than that. Yeah, it's a little less than that. You can say two hundred or $1.6 for eight years. Yes. So somebody's um, getting away with a ruse. Absolutely. Absolutely he is. I would say that the homes that he owns are probably worth quite a bit too. Well, and they're... The one in Delaware has got to be worth more now that the uh, Secret Service has been putting in some upgrades to it. Oh, here's why. Because Jill Biden is the one that makes all the money. That's what they say. But then Hunter Biden can make his millions and it has nothing to do with his dad or the influence peddling. Yeah, her income or her net worth is over $50 million. Her monthly income is $1 million a month. What does she do? As a professor, she teaches. She's one of the first working first ladies, I believe, working outside of the job of first ladies. I, I know oh, it's not a job, but... That's right. There was something with a college or something they started to... Scam. Yeah, and ended up bringing in a bunch of money, and then the college closed. Yep, scam. Ah. College scam. Amazing. Yes. Got to move that money around. Okay, I'm off my Biden soapbox. Okay. I'm still on the Biden soapbox. So the student loan forgiveness is making its way to the Supreme Court. And in February, they are supposed to hear the arguments with regard to on the government side why Biden believes that he should have the authority to just forgive the debt and on the opposing side, why they believe Biden doesn't have the authority to just unilaterally cancel debt. So the law that he is attempting to reference to say that he has the authority to just cancel debt is the 2003 Heroes Act, which was provided to reservists and their families to get relief from making student loan payments. And this is getting into kind of making um, reservists and military members doing basically doing a, a good for reservists. Supposed to help. Supposed to relieve pressure off of them. Yes. And now he's saying that's the, even though it was meant for reservists slash military members, why he has the authority to do it unilaterally is because of that act. That's because he's King Biden. So speaking of King Biden, I just want to throw one little thing out there. Are they not going after our former president, Donald Trump, for having classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? I, I remember that they they said the audacity and it's terrible and immediately throw him to into prison. 
Right. Well, I guess they just found classified documents from Biden's time as vice president. They were discovered at the Penn Biden Center, which I believe is his office space from mid-2017 until he began his 2020 campaign. Yes. So he should he not be prosecuted then Absolutely. or looked into? Absolutely. Now they're going to try to claim that as soon as they discovered that they had classified documents, they immediately called up the correct government officials and they were picked up the next day. Therefore, no harm, no foul. So they were found in a locked closet, but we have no idea who has had access to them, who read them, who passed that information on, and then relocked them in the closet after they took all the pictures or all the scanning that needed to be done to those documents. Yep. But it's okay because he really, really didn't mean it. Yeah, I know, but the documents were not the subject of any previous request or inquiry from the, by the archives. So that means that they've been sitting in there this whole time. Yes, that they've had classified documents stored in an unclassified way for years. And there was no secure, securing them, no appropriate locked containers, etc. They can say, oh, the closet was locked. Yeah, but who had access to that closet over the many years that they were in said closet? Yeah, and Biden slammed former President Trump after FBI agents seized approximately 300 classified documents from mar largo How could this possibly happen? How anyone could be so irresponsible? And I thought what data was in there that would maybe compromise sources and methods, the president told 60 Minutes during an interview. Under the Presidential Records Act, Mr. Biden, all documents from a president presidential administration and staff must be turned over to the National Archives, which means whoever your handlers were that had those documents should be looked into and prosecuted. And if you were responsible for having those documents there, you should be looked at and prosecuted. Well, they were his documents. I mean, he wanted to blame Trump personally for grabbing the documents, so that would make it his fault, right? I mean, if all's fair... And just to note, they did not secure those correctly. They had no idea that they were there. So if you don't know that they're there, how could you claim in any way, shape, or form that you kept them under the requirements for classified documents? Because they're trying to say they had no idea until they had an idea. They didn't know it. They didn't know until they knew it. And that's why Mr. Trump has asked, when is the FBI going to raid the mini homes? Of Joe Biden, or perhaps even the White House. Never, because we like Joe. Yeah, it seems to be tilted quite one way over the other. So you're going to get away with this one too there, Uncle Joe. Yep, big guy. Is he the big guy? Yeah, do you know who colludes with Twitter? Adam Schiff. Yes. Apparently, in one of the latest treasure troves released from Twitter... It has been shown that Adam Schiff had direct access to requesting that specific people be looked into, blocked, and handled. In addition, there is there are documents that show not just with Adam Schiff, but with others, that they can say, we don't like this person's opinion, and we need you to take it down. Not that it wasn't truthful, not that they tried to claim to be, you know, the the science of science, 
if a person said something and it was an opinion Adam Schiff and others didn't like, they were asking Twitter to shut them down and take it out. You know, for probably 150 years, they used to have those in newspapers. They were called opinion pieces. So just because we've gone from paper to electronic does not mean that we shouldn't continue to allow opinion pieces. That's what it is on its face, an opinion. Maybe fact, maybe fiction, maybe one person's truth or another's. We don't know. But that's what's supposed to be great about this country is we're supposed to have dialogue and debate from one side to the other, which is something that is starting to concern me by listening to Mr. Trudeau up in Canada here recently. Um, He's trying to take them in a very, very restrictive socialist direction. I know they're supposed to be some type of democratic system, but uh, he's not very democratic if you ask me. There's a lot that has been going on that's not very democratic at all. Well, these leaders around the world are trying to globalize everything. They're trying to bring all the monetary systems into one. They're trying to take away democratic society's rights. Um, There's a big push here. There's something definitely smoking the wind right now. Absolutely. Nail on head. There is something. Yes, and I cannot believe that populists or populations around the world allow a handful of people to take charge and do what they're doing. We have in excess of 330 million people in America. We let three to 500 people rule us, tell us what to do, strip us of our cash flow, of our hard-earned assets. Right, so they're, they're elected leaders. We are, we are electing them. So they are supposed to be representative of the population. And that's what they're, again, that's what they're supposed to do. But now it's turned into controlling the population, which is not how it was designed for the United States and not how it's supposed to be designed for other countries, unless, of course, you're in North Korea and you're Kim Jong-un. So the... The reality is that somehow we've turned from a representative population into whatever this is. Right. And I used to use that line too, is we're allowing them through elections to represent us, not to screw us. I know you're going to edit that out, but that that's the whole point is we don't have time because we are the ones making the money, paying them the taxes, and we're ultimately running the country through them. Which is how it's supposed to be, that they represent whatever our vote is. We want to make sure that farming's kept and our cows can be kept or our corn um, stocks can grow and that one state isn't doing something to impede the other state and everything's pretty much. And that's why, contrary to what a lot of people think across the country, we are not a democracy. We are a representative republic. Right, and if we worked as a pure democracy... And we went off of people's whims. Could Oh my gosh, how terrible that would be. See, unfortunately, I think that's partially what's happening now. That's why we have a lot of folks. We'll take California as a, for instance, the state level. Is you have all these folks that come in for one or two terms and they want to put their little thumbprint on it. So they come up with ridiculous rules or laws that they try to get passed and they get passed and they just should have never happened. And a lot of these people, because they... I'm going to say it because they look handsome or the woman looks sexy. 
They're able to portray themselves as something they're not, just like Bill Clinton. That's what they used to say about him. Handsome saxophone player. I, I disagree on the handsome. Well, but apparently uh, other just, people from Arkansas yes. thought he was. That's just what news outlets and other folks say, but they should not be elected based on anything like that. They should be based they should be elected based on a little bit of knowledge and intellect and their ability to work for their constituency and get the things done that they want. That's why you much as you can like or dislike people like Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and some of these others, their constituency obviously believes they're doing what's in the best interest of their district or they wouldn't keep reelecting them. Or there's some corruption in the voting platforms in those regions, and there's really people voting for them that aren't voting for them. I don't know. Because you look at the policies that they push, I don't know how any human would want to vote, vote for them. Yes, that totally boggles the mind. So let's talk about voting for someone and then finding out there's something else. So there's a representative who was elected for the state of New York, and it turns out that he lied pretty much about everything. He lied about his what he did as a job, who he worked for, how deep of a relationship he had for the companies that he worked for. His He didn't graduate with a degree. I don't think he has a bachelor's, but he said he did from a specific university. And if you look at everything he said on his campaign trail, it seemed like just about everything was a lie. I, I'm not sure what was the truth. So some people are saying you should step down, you should go away, you're terrible, whatnot. So something that I thought about when these scandals come out is why do they ask people to step down and shame? Because they're, they're hoping they can guilt or shame the person into leaving the post. But if that person feels no guilt or no shame or they have no cares, they will just stay in that post, and there's pretty much no repercussions. The only repercussion for this guy is if in two years, because he was rep, uh, elected to the House of Representatives, his constituency decides they don't want him. Well, they don't have to worry about that because he's already said he won't run in two years. Well, says that now. Right. But he's already been elected, so there is nothing that can be done about it. I mean, is it a crime? Did he commit any crimes by saying that he had a bachelor's degree, that he worked for a certain company, that he had a certain background? Well, apparently somebody crime? in the house thinks it is because they have filed ethics charges against him already. However, I agree with you 100%. Because people running for office lie all the time. And I believe there are specific laws that they have put into place that they cannot be held accountable for some of the things they do and say. Pretty much. So they... Some of the people that they, oh, what is it? that Like, they get to say those certain things. They get to say them about each other. They'll never be held to account. But if you or I or somebody else says those same things, we could be in trouble and liable for certain crimes. 100%. And it can even be misconstrued as it being you and it's not you. Case in point, we talked about it last week. There could be rumor and innuendo coming from different directions and if you repeat it you own it it doesn't have to start with you nope so joe biden sorry going back to him finally finally visited the border apparently he's just never done that before oh my god but he finally visited the border 
But just before he visits El Paso, not a surprise that he picked El Paso because it's a liberal liberal area and it has a Democrat mayor. Um, but apparently they cleaned up a bunch of the immigration encampments. Everything downtown disappeared. And all he came to was a very pretty city with no problems. It's funny how I had taken some notes on that. And that's called... Is it gaslighting? To tell us that something is different from what it actually is. So I, if I tell you that there's no immigration problems while you're facing strict immigration problems, and then I just keep saying, well, it's all in your head because it doesn't exist. Now you're gaslighting me. Yes. Which is exactly what this was. The optics were terrible. And the mayor, I believe it is, of El Paso was whining and kvetching up a blue streak at how bad it was and how bad Biden was doing and that they needed help. Well, then if he, I don't know if it's a he or a she, I think it's a he, if he was responsible for getting all this cleaned up before Biden got there, then shame on him. And then anything that happens with a flood of people into his town, he deserves it 100%. Absolutely. Where's Fulton County? Georgia? Fulton County, Georgia? I believe it's in Georgia. The grand jury there has ended its query into the 2020 Donald J. Trump vote tampering. Yes, it's, um, I believe it includes Atlanta. Yes. Well, it's now up to the DA to decide whether she would like to convene another grand jury, which actually has teeth. And look into the findings of the last nine months and press charges against Trump or any one of his, as I think read an article, they were saying his lackeys, if they want to prosecute or not. They need to just let this thing lie because there's going to come a point in time when they're actually going to start finding all these illegal votes and all the bad machines because they're not going to be able to hide certain things as well as they're doing. And I know that I don't know the actual numbers, but I know what I know, which is people who were not legally allowed to vote have voted, whether they were a felon without a cleared record, because in some places you can clear your record or it goes past when you're no longer on probation and you can vote again. But there were felons who voted. There were non-citizens who voted and I know more about the non-citizens who voted who swore in front of me yes I've already voted that to say that there is zero problems is ridiculous but if you look into the original claims when they said there was no voter fraud and then they changed their language to say no widespread voter fraud but then they never defined widespread or you can never meet their definition because it was never defined in locations where you cannot gather up um, voting documents as one person. So certain states, they have their own, states have their own requirements. And some, as you can turn in for your family members, some you can turn in any number of people. Some say you can only turn in for you and a couple of others if you're going to take those ballots and put them in the mailbox or put them in the ballot box. You have certain requirements. There are videos of people who have harvested ballots well over the number that they're allowed to turn in for others. And that was, no, no, no voter fraud there. 
there is a lady in Texas who was prosecuted and found guilty, and she admitted to ballot harvesting and getting votes on both Republicans and Democrats. Whoever paid her the most amount of money, she would do it for. There is, in Los Angeles, there was a city, I believe it was a city council member, very local, that they fudged ballots. So that way they had enough that they were elected, but when they started looking into the votes, they found out that he unlawfully cast ballots and had help to get ballots so he had enough votes to win. There is proof positive that it is happening, but we're still told, oh, it's on such a small scale, it doesn't impact. Well, one vote's too big of a scale on either side, Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. If there's fraud, there's fraud. They should be held accountable. That's why I believe now that they're talking in Congress that there's no more of this absentee voting stuff because of COVID you know, where they could stay home and vote or go on a nice little luxury yacht and vote. Um, they need to be there, and we need to start limiting absentee ballots. So absentee ballots in California, they just went to 100%. They'll mail you about mail-out ballots. I've asked to be an in-person vote, and since 2020, they have sent me a mail-out ballot every single time. In Pennsylvania, you were supposed to be uh, incapacitated. Physically unable to get to a vote center. And then you could be a mail-out ballot. And they decided COVID was enough. And then the Pennsylvania courts decided that that wasn't enough. But it was after the 2020 election. So even though it was after and they said that you can't do that, they still said we're not going to go back on any of the votes that were wrongfully cast. And then they... It was still going through the court systems because there was appeals and whatnot. And then they said they were going to allow it to happen for 2022, so two years later, because they didn't get to it in time to stop it. So they're still going to allow it, even though they've already said it's unlawful. So how do you go against your own state's constitution and then say it doesn't matter? We're still going to allow it to happen. Because currently what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And then going to your point, in Congress, they have been allowed to proxy vote for each other because of COVID, even though we've seen them go on vacations. And I'm not saying they shouldn't go on vacation. They're human. They deserve vacations. They deserve vacations as much as the next guy, just like Joe Biden leaving during some of the biggest storms and then having everything flown out to him so he can sign sign documents and, and vacation at a donor's house and get a prosecutor fired from their job, an attorney general of the island fired from her job for the audacity that she would look into Epstein. Weird. Yeah, that's why I think that they should release those files. If they have that thumb drive somewhere of all these Anything people, and everything. Release it all. Because if you're willing... If you are willing to release the social security number of thousands of people and all of their personal information because they happen to be Trump supporters and you're saying you're the January 6th committee and it was a accident, but we released the, the PII of 2000 Donald Trump supporters, you can release the videos accidentally. Interesting you mentioned January 6th. Okay. How many police officers died during that? January 6th During incident. January 6th, zero. Zero. Do you realize that there 
have been congressmen and senators that have gotten up on the House and Senate floor and told America how brave them five officers were that were killed in the line of duty. I did not realize that they got on the House floor, but they are uh, referencing officers who died after January 6th, and they're linking it all to January 6th because they happened to be Capitol Police officers and some had had committed suicide, but I did not realize that there were five officers after January 6th. Well, that didn't die, that die. but yeah, that they mysteriously are getting all these accolades. And the one officer that shot an unarmed lady. Ashley Babbitt. Yes. Had a history. Apparently, he left a loaded gun on the toilet. Yes. And then, like, left the bathroom. He had a history of other issues as well and should have been terminated, yet they're making him out to be a hero. He's a hero for shooting a very small in stature, unarmed woman. And he wouldn't have known that she was a veteran, so I, I do agree, a veteran. But an unarmed woman who is very small in stature... We've had police officers prosecuted and they didn't kill anybody for going shooting unarmed individuals. Yes, Why not and, him? And even the Capitol Police officers that actually opened the doors to the Capitol building are being praised as heroes. Yes, and... For those of you who did not see the Ashley Babbitt video, um, which I don't recommend watching, but in the video, there's actually Capitol Police officers behind her. And when they broke out the window and she climbed through the window of the door, um, and that's when she was shot. She was unarmed. Her hands were on the window going through it. So the officer arguably should have been able to see her hands. But there were police officers behind her. And so he shot towards people as well. The the one officer that did shoot and kill her. Yeah, the whole thing doesn't make much sense. And I don't think it ever will because they're trying to hide a lot of truth. And this thing will go down in history. 50 years from now, they'll think that Trump supporters were loons. So another thing on the... That does not make sense about the whole thing. So the FBI put out a press release at the beginning of the year saying that they will not stop until they identify every single person in the video and go after and prosecute them. And Ray Epps is on video, has been identified, and questions have been directly asked by congressmen and women and by the media and by, you know, everyday folk, too. And he is on video. On video, people have been prosecuted for doing less than he did. He encouraged barriers and barricades to be removed the day before. So January 5th, he is telling people we need to go into the Capitol. He is actively encouraging entrance into the Capitol building on January 5th. Yet he has not been arrested. And that does not make sense to me. People who were near the area and never went into the Capitol were swooped up. So how is it that he is very clearly and plainly on video encouraging the entrance and he is not touched? Well, I do believe also that recently 
young lady that was killed, her mom tried to lay a wreath or leave flowers. She was a part of a protest group outside of the Capitol in D.C., and she was arrested. Yes. So that was kind of a peaceful protest. Yes, if you peacefully protest, but you're you're not protesting what we agree with, you will be arrested. But if you go light buildings on fire and shoot people, turn over cars. Totally cool. You're a hero. Absolutely. Hey, did we talk about China last week? I don't recall if we specifically talked about China last week. I know we specifically talked about it the week before when you were asked by one of our listeners questions about China, Taiwan. That was China, Taiwan. And that was a couple of weeks yes. ago. Last week we talked about COVID, China, and the sheer numbers of potential positive tests because COVID is rifling through China right so now. So I think we talked about it in that light, but I don't know what uh, any other specifics that you're... Well, <laughs> there is a province right now, as we speak, in China that 90% of the population there has COVID. And they actually have the new strain, which is... Oh my goodness... SARS-CoV-8976542.6. I'm just kidding. Yeah, something like that. It's like BB5 or B... God, I, I had uh, thought that I had committed it to memory, but apparently I didn't. Well, they're expecting a majority of the entire country to test positive here because they've gone away from the zero COVID policy, which they had for the last three years with their lockdowns. And I don't Well, their lockdowns after they allowed people to traverse... Yes. The United States. Yes. And all over the world. And yeah. this new sub-variant is called XBB. So we have a doctor here who's a Fox News contributor. His name's Dr. Spiegel. He is actually a professor of medicine at NYU uh, Langor Medical Center. He was telling a news outlet here recently that China's current surge could be blamed on the country's use of its own vaccines. He is saying that their vaccines are subpar to ours, and that's why. Well, here's what I believe. I believe it's been their zero-COVID policy, and it's kept people apart. So what that's done is not allowed them to have herd immunity. So had they vaccinated like they did, and then let everybody commingle, we would have herd immunity there and not as many folks would be infected. The thing that concerns me with their mass infections is we're still letting them travel here. Well, we are still letting them travel. So the thing that the administration has implemented is a testing policy, which is xenophobic when... Others do it. Travel bans are xenophobic when other administrations do it as well. But now that we are testing and and banning, because if you test positive, you're not going to come in. But now that we are testing and banning, we are not xenophobic. Right. But the problem with that is the test is not 100% accurate. They have false positives, false negatives. You're going to have somebody slip through the cracks. You're going to have somebody that is right on the cusp of being positive, test negative, 
They're going to get off the plane. They're going to walk down. They're going to go to family's house. They're going to go to a hotel. And within 24 to 48 hours, they're going to be positive. And this one is so bad that the uh, factor, I believe, is like 25. So they're going to come in contact with 25 people that are going to be positive from them. So this thing could just blow up and just spiral out of control. What Do you I, think that we should allow it to happen? Yes. And and I take issue with Mr. Spiegel for the sheer fact that the Chinese lab was obviously smart enough to develop something that has killed millions worldwide. But they're too stupid to develop their own vaccine that can stop it. I don't buy that for one second. So what aren't they telling us? Exactly. Is what it feels like. Exactly. So what aren't they telling what us? What are we not being told? Is this a, we're, we're so much smarter than everybody else in the world. Is it just to pat ourselves on the back or whatnot? Because even our vaccine's not really working. So don't tell me that their vaccine's not working. Unless their vaccine is causing a mutation. And that's what he's trying to indicate, that their vaccine is causing it to rifle through more people. Because it's not just not working, but it's super spreading. I mean, really, other than that, it doesn't make sense. Because as you just said, they can create something and they're the smartest guy in the room, even if it turns out that they didn't intend to release it, but they're the smartest guy in the room to create this. But then they're too dumb to exist after that. Exactly. And I want to add a little caveat because of one of the doctors I follow. Sorry for my paper rattling. So I follow several people on YouTube, as you do as well. And I actually watched a Dr. Asim Mathorta, I think is his last name. I'm, I'm terrible with last names. But he was talking to a guy on Dark Horse Podcast. And they were talking about lab rats and testing for the R vaccines. And it, I, I actually listened to this podcast as well. And it wasn't just our vaccines, but it's all medical related things that use lab rats well it's interesting that this doctor or this biologist happens to be his area of specialty in college was bat viruses and he was actually in the amazon with his wife studying bats right prior to the release of covid and he was actually an advocate of the vaccines and he bought off on it but then within hours of him starting research, he didn't buy off on it. Because what they're giving is not a vaccine. Correct. Well, then he went into testing and lab mice and how he feels, and he wrote a paper about this years ago, that the mice we're using for these studies are defective. Yes, and their defect actually causes life longevity once medication or certain medication is introduced into their system it actually causes life longevity and because of that it appears that whether it's a drug or a vaccine they appear to work better than they actually do in real life like with humans obviously with the rats is still real life but when they switch over to human trials that's when they start to see more negative outcomes with these drugs and with vaccines. Well, it's interesting, and I believe it was in the mice DNA 
in their DNA chain is the thing called telomeres, which they have a longer telomeres tail, which tends to make them get better with the treatment. So it's a false sense of security when they go to the live trials on humans. And and there's a lot of science involved. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand about 2% of it. But what I'm starting to understand from this biologist and others is what I said, you know, 30 weeks ago or more was that we needed the empirical data to come up with the right answers now because they shut down a lot of the discussion in the past, which they shouldn't have because these mRNA vaccines are still not safe at all. That's why now all these heart attacks are happening. Excess deaths. Excess deaths are really on the rise over in England. I mean, they have, I think they ended up with a few thousand. A week. In one week. Yes. And there's no explanation for it. There's no explanation for a lot of stuff that's happening. And the way it was explained during this YouTube video was very interesting. Absolutely. And it really goes into different people have different areas of expertise, which we've seen across. This has really been eye-opening for me. More people who are willing to speak up versus the people who aren't willing to speak up. But there has been many different areas of expertise, and we have the opportunity to listen to each area. That I mean, this is something we've developed now as a society with all of these different social media platforms. We can do it in bite size. We can do it in long form. We can do it in reading. We have access to scholarly journals. You don't have to be a subscriber to a physical journal anymore. You can get them electronically. There's, there's great ways that we can get this information. But something that we have now seen is that what happens when people aren't allowed to talk about their area of expertise? Even the inventor, co-inventor, because it wasn't just a single person, but even a co-inventor of mRNA has been shut down from talking about his area of expertise. And all of these different individuals across the board, we see it with a Twitter file release, and who knows what it would look like if Facebook did a release and... YouTube did a release of all of, all of the requests to shut down discussion is how many of the smartest guys in the room and gals in the room did we shut down from speaking because we didn't want people to know what others knew? Well, over 50% of them. You know who else is being shut down right now? Who's being shut down right now? A young lady that decided that she wanted to go overseas and join ISIS during the Obama administration. How is she being shut down? She is sorry that she did what she did, and she would like to come back to America. Oh, is this the one that we revoked her citizenship? She is not a U.S. citizen. It was uh, revoked during the Obama administration. She's been married to three ISIS guys. They've all been killed in combat. So then she just gets pushed off to the next one to marry? She has a child, which she has apologized and said, the only non-mistake is the kid. Obviously, you're going to love your kid if you're a good mom or dad. 
Um, she's currently in a camp for women that their ISIS husbands have been killed. Um, and the Supreme Court, I believe, I don't know if it's a current decision, but they have said, nope, you're not a U.S. citizen. You're not entitled to come back. Good. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, I wanted to support and aid terrorism. Boo-hoo for you. Well, Bye-bye. according to her Instagram and her texting and such with her phone over in the Middle East, she was trying to get other Americans here in America to join ISIS by disrupting and blowing things up and assaulting people here in America. But so she says her phone was taken and it was other people doing that. Well, Okay, but you still went overseas to intentionally marry an ISIS person. Well, she says that was the only way they would let her out of the country and come back home is if she married an ISIS guy. But I guess it took three of them, but she's still there. So Okay, all right. I can see. Okay, let's just give the benefit of the doubt on that, even though I don't believe her. Sorry. But let's just do it. Let's give the benefit of the doubt. You left the United States and then what? Got kidnapped? You got kidnapped and forced to marry an ISIS fighter. Then I would say, okay, let, let's talk. Because if you were kidnapped and forced into... A marriage to an ISIS fighter didn't intentionally, you know, help support terrorism. Maybe. But you left with the intent to go over there, as far as I I recall. So no dice. Correct. I agree. I think maybe she is remorseful now for her sins. However, well, because she doesn't want to live in an ISIS camp. However, I understand she was 20 years old when she did it, but she needs to own up to her responsibilities and live out the rest of her life there with her kid. You know, it's unfortunate that she was raised a moderate young Muslim girl here in America. She was born here. Her dad, I believe, was some type of ambassador or something, and that's actually what they used to rescind her citizenship. They used what to rescind it? The fact that her dad was here as an ambassador and she was born while he was that ambassador. Oh, that she never should country. have received her citizenship in the first place. So sometimes what happens is people who come to the United States, when they become citizens, if they have children under the age of 18, and depending on what year they became a citizen, their children pretty much automatically become citizens. Then they go... Do a little swearing-in kids ceremony. Over the age of 14, they sign their certificate. And it's a certificate of citizenship that is given to them based on the facts that have been told to immigration. And so the immigration official is not actually giving citizenship because by virtue of the law, the person already has citizenship. But sometimes people get the facts wrong. And they're not actually citizens, but they have enough what appears to be proof. And they they get a certificate of citizenship from us, from USCIS, from the government, whichever way you want to look at the us. So you this didn't qualify. ISIS bride, I don't know the particulars of their case. It could be that she never qualified. It could be that with the dad being an ambassador, when you have certain visa types, and you come over here, even if the kid is born here, the kid is not a citizen by birth. It's one of the the few exceptions 
to people being born here. So that was one thing that happened in another case that I had is the person had a U.S. citizen, a U.S. birth certificate, but they were born as a child of an ambassador. So they were not entitled to U.S. citizenship. And then eventually they go home to their home country. But he had met an American woman. That American woman files for him. And I have a, a packet in front of me. I'm like, but you were born here. Why aren't you automatically a citizen? That's when I found out the law says no. So that's probably what happened to her. If dad was an ambassador, she never had an avenue to be a citizen. To technically be a citizen. Hmm. But then you take people like, um, you've heard of Hearst Castle? Mm-hmm. The Hearst family? Yes. And his daughter... It's either his daughter or granddaughter, Patty Hurst. I don't remember if it was daughter or granddaughter now, but she joined a radical organization. They went around with weapons, I believe, robbing banks and such, and she used the excuse that she was brainwashed and got away with it. Wow. Yep. Well, I mean, I guess if you are brainwashed, you, you get the benefit of the doubt. Well, they say that about... Um, What's his face? Charles Manson. He had brainwashed all the people that committed the crimes because he never committed one crime. Then I see that. I can see that. Easily influenced. Hey, did we talk about a football player last week that got thumped hard in the chest? We did because we talked about if he got hit at the exact wrong time to stop his heart. He's out of the hospital. Praise Jesus. Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I know at the... Close to the beginning of this podcast, we talked about slavery and California's desire to do reparations. Yale University actually uh, had a committee that was looking into how they could reverse the racism portrayed by Yale University, and they wanted to care for the descendants of slaves because of what the university's history was with slavery and what um, different factors over time. So they decided to look into it and make recommendations on how they could help individuals that they may have wronged in the past. And they decided that scholarships, basically money, but scholarships would be one of the ways that they do it. But those scholarships are not to Yale. Local community college? Historically black colleges and universities. So Yale is going to make right their wrongs of not allowing people into Yale and harming people during slavery times by giving people money to stay away from Yale. I say, so they basically still have not atoned for their sins. Nope. Well, now, what do you think of that? Yeah, apparently they stopped a black college from being founded in their area that would have been somehow connected to Yale. And now we're saying, or Yale is saying, we'll pay for you to go elsewhere. That atones for our sins. Wow. So atoning for their sins, New Orleans, they closed off 2022 with the highest homicide rate decades. Wow. So for the month of September 2022, they were the most deadly city in America. That is awful. And we're still doing zero bail releases. We're still taking felons and making them 
misdemeanors or felonies and making them misdemeanors. We're looking the other way. We have the sheriff we talked about last week who was killed by a repeat offender who should have never seen the light of day. And it broke my heart this week seeing his funeral and seeing his wife up there talking about their life together and all he wanted to do from a kid, from being a small child till the day he died, was be an officer. That's it. I mean, he didn't want to be a football player, didn't want to be a a news guy, didn't want to be a construction worker. He wanted to be a motorcycle officer. And you have a judge who lets out a repeat offender after a third strike conviction still lets him go, after he misses his check-ins and court dates, still gives him bail, still releases him, and somehow California is a model. Louisiana, no money bail, is a model. How can we say California and otherwise that we're a model for anything? We're definitely not a model for law enforcement. I think we do things other than here in the Central Valley and maybe here in Fresno, Fresno County, because we've had a sheriff that's been a sheriff for years and years, has done a very good job. But I don't think that they do a good job at all other municipalities because they have judges, DAs, and assistant DAs that don't follow policy. They don't hold people accountable for their crimes, and they don't keep them locked up in jail and try to rehabilitate them in jail. Right. We're not a rehabilitation society. Well, in California, our little component of society, we're not rehabilitating anyone. We're just letting people out, saying, oh, you must have been wronged at some point in your life. Here, do it again. Well, and that's why was Sheriff Arpaio down in Arizona wrong when the recidivism rate at his jail was less than all other jails across America because he did the pink jumpsuits and the one meal a day. and Two. The, he did two meals a two day. Two meals a day. One big one. Yeah, he did two meals a day, yeah. made sure their caloric intake was, was as meeting required, needs. Yes. yes. Did pink underwear because he got tired of stolen laundry items. Had tent cities out in the prison, so that reduced the need for air conditioning units inside the entire jail because the thing for him was if they can do it in the desert for military members and they can do it in the desert for these individuals. It wasn't to make people comfortable. No, because you're there to serve your time for your crime. And that's the way he looked at it. And unfortunately, at the end of his career, they made him out to be a bad guy when he was actually doing what he was elected to do. Yes. So one of the topics we've had on this show, it has to do with the the transgender community and whether or not individuals should be allowed to identify as the opposite sex and then participate in a sport or participate in the sh- going to the shower rooms, etc. So one of the things that I believe I've noted and you've noted is that you really don't hear about females who transition to male and then play high school or collegiate sports, collegiate level sports. But now it has happened. And a there is a transgender male swimmer Uh, who competed collegiately as a female swimmer 
and actually competed against Leah Thomas the last school year, who has transitioned. So she, at the time, was identifying as a she, but was in the process of transitioning, but didn't meet the requirements for to to um, compete as a male just yet. So then competed as a female swimmer while still transitioning and was a top level athlete last year along with Leah Thomas, but was a top level athlete as a female swimmer. So this particular individual finished taking, well not finish, it's a continual thing, but taking enough of the hormone treatments and the testosterone treatments for their senior year has now transitioned fully to male and is competing on the male swim team. So freshman, sophomore, junior competing female, high marks, doing very well, and a top-level female athlete. So senior year is now a male. Bet I can guess she's struggling mightily. Yes. So now in a meet that happened in November out of 83 swimmers, he, because has transitioned now a he, he finished 79th. And so what's that tell you? That the male athletes who transitioned to female, who are all of a sudden kicking all of the women's butts, still have their male abilities, their male lung capacities, their male muscle skeletal structure, even in a slight diminished state of taking some of the hormones that they do, still have an advantage. So as a female, you say what? As a female, I say stay out of our space. If you want to have a transgender category, transgender male and transgender female category, more power to you, do it. Do it. So we have biological male, transgender male, transgender female, biological female. Four different categories. Do it. And that's not a bad idea. And I think if you watch wrestling from elementary through junior high, through high school and college, you'll see the young girls competing against the boys at the elementary level and even the junior high level, and they will do very well. But once they get to the high school and the collegiate level... You hit puberty, your body fundamentally changes. Yes, there's no comparison. That's why, thankfully, the only reason I'm bringing this part of it up, because I was actually watching some wrestling on YouTube today, and it was female national champions. And they could handle me and kick my butt easily, very easily, very strong young ladies, and they did very well. But watching our your nephews, my grandsons, wrestle, it's obvious that once the kids hit puberty, it's a no-brainer. And it should be a no-brainer with transgender athletes. I don't know anything about them. I don't have anything against them. But I do know that a former male that becomes a female should not be competing against females, period. Shouldn't happen in any sport. Correct. I, I agree. And I know that there will be those of you out there who disagree. So if you if you disagree and you want to discuss this, I am more than willing to listen And I know that Mark is more than willing to listen. So contact us and we will have a conversation. Absolutely. That would be awesome. We would love to hear another side that maybe we're not considering. Maybe we're in, oh, what do they call it? An echo chamber. We don't want to be in an echo chamber. So if you 
have something, bring it to the table. We would appreciate. We would appreciate it. Absolutely. Something that we haven't done yet on this podcast. Talk about the military. So let's talk about the military. I, I, today, clearly let's, on this podcast, we've talked about the military. Let's do it. But today. Is it water wars? No. No? Okay. You want to talk about water wars? We're going to talk about water on boats, water on land, contaminated water. No? Not this week. Okay, let's do it. But something that military families, you know what? Let's do it then. No, we are going to talk about water. Let's talk about it. So they set up a new clinic for military families who were exposed to the Red Hill fuel spill. And the patients there are saying what about it? That it is a dog and pony show. show. So now that they have a special clinic for the individuals who were sickened by the fuel leak and water crisis there on Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, the first patients didn't get seen until this past week. And that was all of last year. But with the rollout, the families are saying it is not smooth and they are not receiving a good level of care. And it's taken months for them to get to whatever you want to call this. Maybe they need some of that IRS funding so they can have a better IT department. They can make their appointments better. Their touch times better. And the water quality much better. Perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps. So also in military news, unfortunately, uh, after looking into how much access patients would have to a psychiatrist, those who use TRICARE, so you're talking about current U.S. military personnel, retirees, and family members, they have limited to no access to psychiatrists. 35%. Really? U.S. military personnel, retirees, and their family members live in areas that have no access or very limited access to psychiatrists. Is that because there just isn't any psychiatrists there? They're in urban environments? In their particular areas that they are choosing to live. And choosing to live is relative, but in the areas that they're living in, they have... Limited to no access. At least 6% have absolutely no access. Now, this is a side component. So, in the VA, another thing that has been happening is that um, getting care has become extraordinarily difficult. And getting referrals for care, especially if it's in the community, has become difficult. And the wait lists are growing long. So not only is it happening zero to uh, limited access in TRICARE, the referrals out to the community for VA have become very difficult. So is that due to lack of doctors? I think it it appears to be multi-part. One is lack of doctors. If they live in a particularly rural area or small town community, a psychiatrist might not be working there. But something that I I feel has been pushed during COVID times, which I found to be helpful, even though I live in a community where I could physically go to a hospital or go to a medical center, is that they started doing online appointments and I can actually do a video appointment with a doctor or specialist. So I don't 
understand why video referrals have not happened Yeah, in other areas. Can they do treatment by Zoom? Well, I, I don't mean to dis- diminish or say any less of what they do, but if it's a psychiatrist and a bulk of that is talking through issues, I would think that that is something you can do by Zoom. Now, I had appointments in which um, my physical uh, abilities needed to be checked, but the VA hospital was not allowing me to come into the clinic as a patient uh, if it was non-emergent. And so one of the things that I had to do, because I have what's called a staggering gait, I, I tilt and lean and I can't walk a straight line, um, and my doctor would have to check that. I would have to set up my computer and set up the video so she could watch me walk across the room. Um, so I do believe that the ability exists for us to have video appointments, but yet somehow we're not meeting that need. That's why I heard once AI gets better, artificial intelligence, that medical will get better. That would be interesting if it got better, but what if the people who make the decisions over what they want you to know and don't want you to know program or have anything to do with shutting down AI. Sorry, conspiracy time. That's going to happen. No matter what, it's going to happen. One little piece of news. There was a Virginia Tech, jumping from military, there was a Virginia Tech soccer player who sued Virginia Tech and her coach because she refused to kneel she was, went from a lot of playtime on the soccer field to almost non-existent. And so she sued and uh, now has reached a settlement of $100,000 for that. And the attorney gets 95000 Right. It seems to be how it goes. But the, the uh, coach did not have to admit to any wrongdoing. But it turns out you can't, at least at Virginia Tech, you can't force people into a political stance that you want them to have and call it being team spirited. Being a team player? Yes. Uh-huh. The Chelsea Public School District has reinstituted mask mandates. Because they worked the first time. Yes. And the second time and the third time. And every other time that they've done it, it's actually worked. So why not just mask up for the rest of our lives? Yeah, they're saying they're a hot spot again. So if you stay unmasked and you commingle, you get natural immunities, I believe the doctors say. And then you're not as prevalent to other flus. And what's that thing going around right now? Uh, RSV. RSV, which affects young children and older people. Yes. Because... um, a contractor I had at work today, his wife has RSV. Oh, that's terrible. She's I mean, I'm her, sorry that... She's in her 60s. Oh, that is... Oh, that's terrible. But it's not... It's not a surprise that, that things go around. I mean, but with the masking... Did the masking actually stop it? Or did people not going out and their habits change? Like, is it is it that the masking worked or was it the habit change and now we're kind of going back to the old habits i don't believe that masking worked 
for the simple fact that Cal OSHA and Fed OSHA did not come out and write a policy as to which masks worked, which ones didn't, and who should wear them, how long you should wear them, how to wear them, how to take them off, how to dispose of them, whether you could wear an N95 more than one time a day, or the paper masks, or if you should leave it on, you know, for the entire two years. So there was right, no, they would there have was come no up policy. With something. They would have come up with a policy if they actually worked. Which would have been super helpful if they came up with a policy, if they actually had the science that said, this is what works. If you go into Costco wearing a mask and you come out of Costco and you take the mask off, you can't put it on your rear view mirror and then drive over to Target and then put the same mask back on. Or you can you could use it all day long. You could use it for four hours, for six hours. Uh, it depends on if you used it for so many straight hours or intermittently, et cetera, et cetera. We would know what we could and couldn't do. And that would be amazing if they would have told us that. Yes, and OSHA and ANSI writes requirements for masking in my field. And we have different color filters for different particulates different chemicals, different applications. Just some food for thought there. A little bit. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.